Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's the mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's going for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Friday, November 16th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Spees, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia. The King, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you feeling? Your, uh, your Seahawks got a big win to stay in the NFC playoff picture last night. Yeah, feeling good. Uh, after my stomach was tossing and turning throughout the whole game last night. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the defense coming up with, uh, with a really good second half, uh, holding the Chargers to just three, uh, the Packers to just three points uh, last night. And then Russell Wilson coming up with the uh, game-winning drive there. Yep. Absolutely. Russell Wilson making plays when it counts. Tyler Lockett making plays when it counts. Let's start on the Seattle side to the victor go the spoils. Scott, I know uh, after the very first play from scrimmage for Seattle, you might have been thinking something different because Chris Carson put it on the ground. It might have started that uh, stomach churning, as you said. But he finishes with 17 carries. 83 yards and a touchdown. Also, uh, nothing really, though, in the passing game. He does get the touchdown. But talk to me about how you saw this committee break out because Rashad Penny was involved as well. He had a 30-yard run at the very beginning of the game where he's bouncing, going, reversing field, looking really good. Looked like he might have tweaked an ankle there in the first play, but does come back. He finishes 8 for 46. Um, And then also... Mike Davis was involved later in the game, 4 for 26 um, on the ground. He also gets another two catches. So they involved everybody in the committee. You know, Carson 17 touches, 
Penny, eight touches. Davis winds up with six touches. Is this the kind of uh, usage we should expect moving forward? Uh, I, I'm not sure because, you know, Penny ran really well before, before he, really he hurt his ankle. He had a, a beautiful 30-yard run, run yeah. in which he reversed his field. So I, I think it's still going to be a committee, but I, f- I feel like you know, he, here's how it works out. If Carson starts, if Carson's healthy, he starts, but he's not always going to be healthy. When he is in there, like you saw last night, he's very efficient. Uh, very good at breaking tackles and pushing the pile. You know, when you get when you try when guys try to tackle him at the point of contact, it's not easy for them. You know, he's very very physical, and I think that's also why he gets hurt too. Uh, with Penny last night, you know, the few carries that he had after that, he just didn't look the same. And also, uh, there was one instance where the blocking uh, deserted him, and another instance where he wasn't decisive. Where is one another reason why he's been kept off the field? You know, you see with Penny last night, he had that beautiful run, but he's not always as decisive as he should be, and I think that's what the coaching staff is looking at. Mike Davis is their best pass catcher, and I think the guy that they trust most in, uh, you know, in those in down the stretch, not to let go of the ball, even though Carson right. has only fumbled twice this year. So it's going to continue to be a committee with Carson leading it. Uh, and the the other guys really, you know, will come more into play if Carson gets hurt again. I see. Um, yeah, they had Mike Davis in there, I think, to salt it away towards the end. You're absolutely right, Scotty. Rashad Penny, I thought, looked good at times. Uh, I thought he looked kind of as the most, like, dynamic at times. But it is Chris Carson there. You know, I thought, to be honest, Scott, when he fumbled on his first, uh, on his first carry, Carson, that is, I was like, uh-oh. That may be the end, <laughs> you know. It may it may be Rashad Penny from here on out, but they did go back to Chris Carson. Yeah. So not, I thought not every, not every coach applies like the Belichick, Harbaugh, you know, school of thought yeah. where you know they pull the guy when he fumbles. It really depends on the coach, and yep. you know, I've I've never seen Carroll do that. Really, you know, just bench a guy just because he fumbled or start going to somebody else. You know, they. they He's a very upbeat kind of guy, so he wants to, like, erase that sort of negative immediately. Yep, absolutely. And then when I look at it, Scott, the other thing I want to talk about here on the Seattle Seahawks side, uh, 35 rushing attempts, 31 passing attempts. They maintain their balance as really, like, one of the only teams that's running the ball more than 50% of the time. As I said, Russell Wilson had 31 attempts. They ran the ball collectively 35 times. Um, because that is the case, Scott, does that give you cause for pause for Russell Wilson and or these pass catchers moving forward? I mean, Doug Baldwin did get his first touchdown. Tyler Lockett with a nice game, 5 for 71. But they are now one of the only teams in the NFL. They're, they are they continue to run it more than they throw it. Yeah, it has been. It's not a point of where it gives me a cause for pause now. I've been saying and writing about it for weeks. You look at my lineup ranks, and Russell Wilson hardly ever in the top 12. He's very efficient. He's got 23 touchdown passes. Uh, you know, he's good at picking his spots. And, you know, when they get in the red zone, you know, he's been throwing effectively this year. They, they don't have too many rushing touchdowns despite all the rushing yardage that they have. So Wilson's a guy where he's not going to – he's not he's not going to give you – a ton of passing yardage. You know, you really haven't seen that all year long, but you will get the touchdowns. In terms of his receiving crew, you know, Doug Baldwin, you know, still not quite himself, even though he caught his first touchdown pass last night. We'll talk about that. 
Tyler Lockett is bull robust as a deep threat, pretty much, and so is David Moore. So, you know, it's not an illustrious receiving crew that they have right now. So this team leads on the run even when they're behind. Yep, and uh, however, they are 5-5 five and five now and still live in the NFC playoff picture. Scotty, on the other side of things, let's talk about Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers goes 21 of 30 for 332 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I saw him, though, you know, sitting on the bench at the end of the game. This is a guy, I remember, who's been battling through injuries all season long, and now his team at 4-5-1, and one, um, you know, is is probably out of the mix. You know, even if they ran the table, they, if they ran the table, okay, fine. They'd be 10-5-1 and one and likely in it. But they pretty much, that's what they're staring at. They got to run the table in order to do this. Like, what do you think Aaron Rodgers is thinking right now? And to be quite honest, Scott, if you're a fantasy owner, could you see a universe, if you own Aaron Rodgers, if they lose a couple more? Remember what you talked about? Um, oh, it was Blewett yesterday who mentioned with A.J. Green, you know, how that toe injury is for A.J. Green is a problem. And let's say Cincinnati loses a couple more games and falls out of it, you know, and they kind of could potentially shut A.J. Green down, let's say. Could you see a universe in which if the Packers lose a couple more games and Aaron Rodgers is, you know, knee is still balking at him, um, could playoff? Owners be without Aaron Rodgers? I agree with you on one point and not on the other. I really What's don't that? think the knee is affected his play the last few hmm. weeks whatsoever. Okay. Uh, I, you know, he's still throwing deep. He's still making quick decisions. Nothing seems to be bothering him when he's getting sacked. You know, he's taking off and running here and there. I don't think the knee is affected his play whatsoever. Uh, you know, you don't see the kind of fantasy production that you want. But that could also be due to the fact that outside of Devontae Adams, who can you really trust? So, you know, that's another, that's another item there. And, you know, they're starting mm-hmm. to run the ball a little bit more. But uh, I, I do agree with you that, you know, it might be a good thing for them to shut him down in a few weeks. So that's something you might want to keep, keep in mind, certainly as a fantasy player. I thought he played a great first half. And if you look at his first half, you know, I think it's another example of how things don't affect him. You know, he was... You know, a beautiful bomb that he threw for a touchdown. That pass, bomb to Toynin or whatever his name is, yeah. absolutely yeah, that, beautiful. That's, but uh, the second half, you know, the Seattle defense, you know, the pass rush was getting to him. Uh, guys yeah. were not getting open as frequently. Uh, and they only they, they, they did only had a field goal in the second half. Yeah. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the fantasy numbers were there for Rodgers yesterday. 332 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That touchdown pass to, like, the fourth-string tight end was absolutely a thing of beauty, how he gets out of the pocket, chucks it, you know, 40, 50, 60 yards downfield on a dime, whatever it was. And also, Scott, another one, the 57-yard bomb to Devontae Adams in the second half was also a thing of beauty. The trajectory and the arc of that thing was absolutely ridiculous, and that is was no accident. Remember, Aaron Rodgers did that same thing. Remember the Hail Mary in Detroit? You know, the, the arc he gets on that is absolutely incredible. But you touched on two points that I want to get at here. Devontae Adams goes 10 for 166. A true stud, a true wideout one, an elite talent in the NFL. But the problem is, Scott, and you mentioned this, outside of Devontae Adams, now granted, Jimmy Graham got banged up, right? But Outside of Jimmy, outside of that, there's no wide receiver that caught more than one ball. 
You know what I mean? Like Aaron Jones got five. Lance Kendricks got two. But, you know, I mean, Valdez Scantling, he defecated the mattress last night. A lot of people have been excited about MVS. We were talking about him. I think, Scott, you had him as like wide receiver 22 or something like that. He only goes one for eight. Eckerman is St. Brown only goes one for 16. To your point, Scotty, is this a concern for the Packers maybe that outside of Adams, uh, Rodgers doesn't have many people to trust? I mean, there are these rookies that are, you know, still growing, obviously. This is not the um, experienced person with Aaron Rodgers that has some chemistry like Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison. Are these starting to impact the Packers? Uh, I don't think it, it impa- impacted uh... – should I say there were a couple no, of plays first, that like he was half. trying to go to St. Brown and they was just yeah. like he led him the wrong way, things of that nature. Like that's a completion with Randall Cobb. Yeah, in the, in the second half, look first with Devontae Adams. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the perfect matchup on the left side there against Trey Flowers, a rookie corner who uh, played safety in college, and he had he had a, he had a he mostly got, did most of his work on the left side. Uh, where he had a, a, a season high in, in yardage with 166. On the other side, though, is like you know Valdez Scantling just wasn't involved at all. Uh, I think it was a combination of Shaq Griffin just playing a really good game at the other corner slot, and I guess Rogers thought Sherman was still uh, playing playing the right <laughs> side there because he really didn't look that way at all. It really just was about going to Devonte Adams or Aaron Jones. You know the. The Seahawks were crushing the pocket a lot in the second half. And when he couldn't find Adams, he was going to Jones as his only outlet. Nobody mm-hmm. else was getting open. So, so yeah, there there is an effect. And, you know, we see Rodgers not putting up the numbers overall that, you know, that we expect this year. He's not a top-five mm-hmm. fantasy quarterback this year going into this yep. game. Even though he's 336 yards, once again, you know, he didn't get to three touchdown passes, which is mm-hmm. what you want from Aaron Rodgers. It was a good game, though. You, you don't – you don't get greedy, and you know Jimmy Graham. Even when he's there, he's been a big disappointment. He's only scored twice. Yep. So here's the thing, and remember, I make this point all the time, Scott. A lot of times, what's good for the NFL team is bad for your fantasy team, and what's bad for the uh, NFL team is good for your fantasy team. What we're seeing now, you know, the Packers, Scotty, used to be a fantasy herd, right? It used to be Adams and Cobb and Allison and running backs and Graham, and it was really spread around. Now it's not a fantasy herd. It's Devontae Adams, it's Aaron Jones, and that's about it. And as we see, it is not necessarily as great for the Green Bay Packers, the one last thing I want to ask you about is Aaron Jones. I know, Scott, you're starting to warm to him. 11 for 40 on the ground, a touchdown. 5 for 63 in the air, a touchdown. So you'll take the, oh, I don't know, what was that, 27 PPR points that he got last night? Um, so you got to like Aaron Jones. Where do you see him moving forward, especially if they're running the ball, especially if uh, it's not as much of a herd? Uh, Jamal Williams, only one carry. I see him as uh, you know mid range to maybe high end, but more mid range RB two because the volume isn't there every week. They're still a pass first team, so it's eleven to fourteen carries every week. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of upside. He makes the most of every touch, so I think he's a firm RB two. Last night was the first night he really got involved in the passing game. If that continues, the arrow is certainly pointing up to where he could be a high end RB two. So we're talking about I don't know what like. 16 to 20, something like that? Yeah. Or a little be, bit lower? Be, well, right right, right now, I, th- I, th- I don't think he's as low as 20 right now. I think, you know, he's 
he could be in that 14 to 16 range. Uh, All right. And, you know, this is the first time the Packers have had a had a, a real reliable fantasy running back since, or yep. relevant fantasy running back since Eddie Lacy's second season. Yep, definitely. So the arrow trending up for Aaron Jones. Scotty, I want to let people know that the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. Subscribers are crushing it on a nightly basis. You can also buy the DailyRoto.com Elite Package, giving you access to year-round to the successful tools and projections that DailyRoto subscribers have been using to basically print money in all sports. And when you sign up for the Elite Package, you'll get the new NFL betting tools that have been rolled out as well. Picks against the spread, game totals, player props, money lines. Bet. So head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, and check out what the Elite Package has to offer. Enter the promo code FNTSY, you'll get a special discount. And also, Scotty, as you mentioned yesterday on air, the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season uh, fantasy football package is now at a discount for the rest of the season. Make your playoff push. Go get the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season package. Enter the promo code the King at checkout. Scotty, I, just, I was telling you off air, man. It took me a ridiculous time getting home last night. It is a nor'easter here, and it made me think about weather. We're starting to get into the point of the year where we're going to see some weather games, not necessarily this week, but, you know, in places like New York, in our nation's capital, in Baltimore, we're, Chicago. We're going to start seeing this, but people a lot of times go overboard with weather, right, especially snow. It's actually the wind that has a bigger impact, right, on games, generally speaking, than rain or snow. Yeah, but, you know, if you have, like, a teeming rain, it could certainly uh, affect things. And if it's a heavy snow, it could affect visibility. But the most important thing is the wind. Uh, you know, if it's above 15 miles an hour and definitely above 20, you know, that certainly affects the passing game. If it snows and it's not, like, you know, coming down heavy during the game, and it really gives the offense an advantage because right. you know the they know where they're going. Be disciplined. The defense doesn't. You know they, they they have to be able to plant. You know, et cetera. And the offense has the advantage in an environment like that. You know, I, yeah. I remember years ago, like everybody was worried about the Raiders on a Monday night. Kerry Collins threw for four touchdown passes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah, because the defense doesn't know where you're going. They got to react and yeah. slip and fall. At least yeah. the offense knows where they're going. We're off and running. We got Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries helping you figure out anybody with that questionable tag for week 11. Come on right back. It's Roto Experts in the morning. Dane and Scott. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Boom. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Absolutely. A little bit of Wu-Tang Clan. If you heard me and Mike Blewett going through it yesterday, I was very impressed with the knowledge of the members of the Wu-Tang Clan. I brought it up on Fantasy Freestyle, but we are back here on Roto Experts in the morning. Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle. We're going to talk to Dr. A in a hot second. 
Scotty, I do want to bring up one piece of news that is sort of injury-related before we get in Dr. A. And if Dr. A does have anything to chime in on this, who's starting for Baltimore at quarterback on Sunday, Scotty? Joe Flacco's got a hip injury. He hasn't practiced. They're saying maybe he could play even if he doesn't practice. So people are all excited. Could this be Lamar Jackson time? But he missed practice yesterday because of, like, a stomach illness. They're not going to bring the run the kid out there if he doesn't have practice. And so could we be staring at RG3 for the Ravens on Sunday? And if so, are we streaming the Bengals' defense against them? If so, are we sitting all of our Ravens, even though you may have not been starting them anyway? I just got a social media question involving a sit-start of Michael Crabtree, and I was like, uh, it could be RG3 or Lamar Jackson. What's going on in Baltimore, and how do you respond, Scotty? We don't know what's going on in Baltimore. Even if Lamar Jackson is healthy enough to play, they might go with RG3. Flacco hasn't practiced all week, like you said. Uh, the Bengals become a, a decent streamer, not a top streamer, but I would say top seven. Or, you know, they are having some problems with linebacker. I don't think you would bench Alex Collins necessarily as your flex. He's touchdown dependent, and I think it's a pretty good matchup for him. Uh, I, I think I think it's you know I'm not saying that you're you're necessarily saying this, but I think it's a knee jerk reaction to sit everybody when they go to the backup quarterback. The, going to the backup quarterback isn't always a bad thing. Joe Flacco hasn't been outstanding himself, so I think I think it's a knee jerk reaction across the fantasy industry from the players that when you go to the backup quarterback, then you should sit the starters. I don't necessarily think so. Uh, I think you might sit them anyway because they haven't been good with any quarterbacks. In fact, if Lamar Jackson and Robert Griffin play, it could make one of those guys more relevant. I think I think you hmm. keep Collins in there and you consider streaming the Cincinnati defense. Yeah, I like the Cincinnati defense this week, um, especially if it's a non-Flacco quarterback. You know, these guys that can run a little bit also sometimes get themselves into trouble. But – here on Fridays, here's what we do on Roto Experts in the Morning. We try to help you out, not only with our analysis, but you have guys right now on your roster that have little red, you know, kind of news and note signs or little red crosses there or the letter Q there, and we got to figure out about some of them. So we bring in our guy, Dr. A, from Inside Injuries. They uh, are best in the business in terms of you know, kind of their algorithms, predicting injuries, letting you know what to expect. And quite frankly, if the teams are handling it correctly, as we've seen throughout this season with guys like Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook, we bring in Dr. A here on Roto Experts in the morning. How are you doing this morning, Dr. A? Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? We're Good doing day. all right. You know, you're saying I'm, I'm, I kind of want to be down there in Georgia, my friend. We got I say it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood to uh, open every show. Let me tell you something, Dr. A. It is not a beautiful day in this neighborhood. We, uh, New York City got like six, seven inches of snow last night. And the city was not ready for it in terms of plows and stuff. It was a nightmare here. But when I think about Georgia and I think about where you're at, I think about former Georgia standout wide receiver A.J. Green of the Cincinnati Bengals. I've got a lot of questions about him, Doc, in terms of what's up with this toe injury. Will it linger? And also, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, Doc, are on the precipice of maybe being, you know, what happens if they lose a few games? Is there any danger of this toe lingering to the point where they, you know, if the Bengals fall out of contention, that they shut A.J. Green down? Like, should fantasy owners start to be worried if, uh, you know, how long will they be without A.J. Green? 
Yeah, so um, obviously the toe injury, uh, you know, the likelihood, statistical likelihood of this being the turf toe that he suffered in 2014, and the and it's sort of ongoing in terms of his uh, injury in the foot. Uh, it's always related to this turf toe, and and hmm. you know he went to see a foot specialist. He won't undergo surgery, which is you know essentially what that means is, is the degree of inflammation surrounding the turf toe, uh, that sesamoid bone on the first digit, is so great that it's essentially you know, beyond the realm of pain management. Um, the only other thing that it could be is a, um, you know, a, a, a tendon, a significant tendon strain or a non-displaced fracture that it just has to heal. So, you know, obviously the team's not going to come out and say this right away, but it's at least a grade two toe, possibly a grade three. We originally had him coming back week 13, but again, before the season, he was at high injury risk for us um, at 22%, and he did recover from all his injuries before the season started at peak. Right now, he's at 43% and 29% injury risk. So, you know, there is no timetable for his return. Uh, we don't think he should come back at least until week 13, possibly week 14. You know, there's, there's really nothing to talk about A.J. Green until he comes back, uh, and that's probably not going to happen until week uh, at least week 13. Yeah, so uh, fantasy players going to have to manage without him. Maybe they get him back for the playoffs. Another Cincinnati Bengal, Joe Mixon, recently returned from his knee injury, but yesterday he was added to the injury report. What's the outlook for Joe Mixon this week? So Joe Mixon, you know, he had that one really good game about the speculation around his knee injury. And, you know, uh, what, our, what, what our algorithms were saying at that time is that, you know, you could have a game that's really good, but at the end of the day, you still got to go out and play another seven, eight games. And unfortunately, uh, this is a grade one knee injury. It's likely the same knee, um, and his HTR is week 13. Right now he's at 51%. Um, if he rests, if he does not play in this game, um, you know, and waits till week 13, he has a chance of getting back into above average, close to peak health. But again, he's one of these guys that plays through injury, um, you know, the first time coming back from injury, you know, his knee probably could sustain it. But now every time he comes back and plays on this injured knee, it gets worse and worse and worse. So, you know, the likelihood of him performing on this type of injury is going to be statistically, you know, very unlikely, um, according to us. He's at 51 percent. All right, talk to me about Detroit Lions wide receiver Marvin Jones, Doc. He's got a knee injury, and here's the thing with Detroit. They just traded Golden Tate away, and they were kind of banking on Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay to, you know, carry the day in the passing game along with the return of Theo Riddick. Now Marvin Jones is banged up also. This has implications. I'm thinking about the DFS potential of guys like Kenny Galladay and Theo Riddick and Kerryon Johnson. If there's no Marvin Jones, you know, there's one less mouth to feed for Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions. Uh, are we going to see Marvin Jones on Sunday? So a bone bruise, not a fracture, that's one piece of good news. The bad news is, is that it takes a few weeks for that bone bruise to heal, and if you play on it, it increases the likelihood of developing a stress fracture, etc. So you definitely don't want to play on a bone bruise in one week. It depends upon the size of the bone bruise. Um, if it's a sizable one, then, uh, you know, no, there shouldn't be any reason why he's out on the field this week. Um, we're saying week 12. He's got to come back week 12, not, not 
um, you know, not the, not this week. This is week 11, right, guys? I just want to double check. This is week 11. <laughs> so, yep, yes, this sir. is week 11. Oh, thank you very much, yes. Yeah, so week 12, we're, we're saying week 12. He didn't practice on Wednesday and Thursday. That could be pro- precautionary. The good news is that the MCL and ACL are not torn, and it's just a bone bruise. But, again, one of the problems of bone bruises is you can't pain manage it. You can't inject a needle into the bone and expect that to work, you know. So, so uh, it's two weeks. It's week 12. Right now he's at 56%. So fantasy owners really have to make a decision here because if they, if they take him and they start him and he doesn't perform – like we're predicting, then, you know, then it's going to be bad news this week for them. Adam Thielen had to leave the uh, the game early just before the bye. Now he's dealing with two injuries, Doc. Uh, he's been limited in practice all this week. Massive red flag here, guys. Um, you know, uh, he has the double injury, plus he has a history of small fractures during the playoffs last season. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, you know, he had uh, the same, you know, and, and the, 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 that causes other things such as paraspinal muscle spasms, and now he has a grade one calf injury. So we're not seeing anything uh, positive on him until week 14. Right now he's at 48% at 32% uh, uh, injury risk, so one out of three almost. And he's at, you know, when he, when, before the season started, he was at 21% injury risk. So, you know, this is one of, these are one of those guys where um, if you did take him, it's, uh, you know, having an appropriate backup or looking at the waiver wire is something, you know, you really have to be on top of because, you know, he's, he's got two separate individual injuries with a history of back injuries for a wide receiver. It's week 14. Wow. That could be the headline right here. Adam Thielen has been a, you know, a top wide receiver for owners all season long, maybe helping people actually win their leagues. And when you say massive red flags, uh, that is something that fantasy owners need to stand up and take notice about. Dr. A, I want to ask you something that's not necessarily just about a player, okay? I want to go a little bit different than just asking about the players and their updates for a second here. What I've noticed, Doc, over the course of this entire football season is you have been, you know, I don't want to say cautious or conservative necessarily, but it seems like the teams are running people out there a lot quicker than you're kind of saying quote unquote should be done all right or that you have concerns I want to ask you you know because this idea of player safety is such a big narrative in the NFL and you know I think we've made progress 10 15 20 years ago we talk about getting shot up with Toradol and just running them back right back out there you know yeah um I want to ask you honestly has the NFL made progress in this area regarding player safety? I mean, we know about, say, things like the independent neurologist, right, that's on the sidelines. And there's been a lot of attention to head injuries. I, I get that. But do you think there has been progress in terms of, like, team doctors and teams really valuing the health of the player? Or do you still think they just see them as kind of like – robotic assets to, to go on out there and get to the objective. I don't know, like, you know, where you are, who you talk to in the game and stuff like that, other maybe team doctors. Do you think there's been progress in this area, Doc? So, so it's a great question. If we had an hour-long show, I probably could right. possibly <laughs> answer that in an hour. <laughs> yeah, sorry but, to spring uh, it on you, but I just, you know, I've noticed yeah. this all season no. long. Yeah, no. So, uh, you know, I do talk to a lot of team trainers and uh, orthopedic team physicians, et cetera. Um, but, 
here, the biggest thing here is that there's two pressures. Uh, one is the pressure of a contract. The, con the money has, been, has gotten so high and the ability to perform right on, spot, on the spot, you know, in that particular season, there's a lot of pressure and demand on that. That's number one. Number two is, is you're right, concussions um, with the combination of whether you like it or not, the, you know, the targeting type penalties and, you know, right. these types of uh, uh, flags. Uh, and, Can't go and the high, so you're going to go low. Yeah, right. And so uh, that has decreased the number of concussions, you know, and that's improving and that's really good. But you hit the nail on the head. The other the other injuries have not like sort of been forgotten about, but the overall system of evaluating player injury and recovery ha is still archaic in certain senses. Um, you know, uh, these teams, the orthopedic surgeons and their team trainers and everything like that, they they're very, very good. But at the end of the day, it requires a significant amount of analytics also to, you know, sort of evaluate player injury, et cetera. Kind of what we do, we have another, we have actually a sister company that is not inside injuries that uh, works with the team specifically. And so, you know, that is a really good addition. I'm not trying to give myself my own shout out here, but that something like that is a really good addition to these team physicians and trainers to be able to guide them and give them another tool to be able to measure. Because a lot of times it's, it's never a significant, a player has a grade one or grade two hamstring injury, uh, like a wide receiver, and you talk to a team surgeon, they'll say, okay, it's three to six weeks, right? And so what does that mean, right? Uh, we don't know, you know, three to six weeks right. means either three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, or six weeks. And so there's still a certain level of archaicness uh, involved in the evaluation of injuries and players. But I will tell you that because of the pressures and the massive contracts, uh, you know, there is a pressure to get these guys back out onto the field and perform. The balance and the uh, sort of the right sweet spot is still not happened yet in terms of how long do we keep a player out versus how, how the, the, the pressure of getting him back on the field. But concussions have improved considerably. What about Dalvin Cook? Uh, the, the Vikings are saying that he's a full go right now, but he's he's always been such an injury risk. Yeah, again, uh, running back, uh, it's not as bad. Hamstring is not as bad for running back as it is for a wide receiver. But, you know, he uh, you know suffered this hamstring injury in week two. He returned to play two weeks later, and then he aggravated this injury and he missed four additional games, right? And this is a classic you know, limited snaps week nine. So you can just see this is a very classic uh, historical pattern. Um, good news. They let him rest. Let, let this hamstring rest. This is, if we were advising the Vikings, this is exactly what we would have said in the report. Uh, week 11 is when he, we were projecting him to come back. Right now he's at 82% peak health. He'll be at 89% when the game starts. He's at a little bit of elevated injury risk, but it's only about 14%. So, you know, at the end of the day, this is the week for him to come back. So sort of, you know, our data is matching what the Vikings are doing. Finally, because your data and the Vikings have not matched what they should be doing regarding Dalvin Cook all season long. Last one from me, Doc. You just talked about how concussions are getting better. James Conner left the Steelers' last game on Thursday night. They said he was in the concussion protocol, but it's been foggy on if he actually sustained a concussion or not. Sounds like he's good to go regardless. And can you explain to me how can you be in the protocol if you didn't sustain a concussion? Well... You really don't know if you have right. – you're predicting a concussion. A concussion is sort of a, uh, a delayed onset of symptoms. Sometimes you don't get those symptoms until a week later, so you're in the concussion protocol, et cetera. Here's our concern with James Conner. 
it's a it's not a minor concussion that we've predicted. It's more of a grade one concussion based on all the data that we've gotten. Um, and so, you know, you, it's a two week for us. So week 12 is where he'll optimally should be back. Um, it looks like he's going to play in week 11. Here, here's the problem. Um, he's putting himself at increased risk of sustaining another concussion. And there's a psychological component of coming back too soon when you have uh, a year, when you just come off concussion protocol. So if he has any small symptoms, that he is either not saying or hiding or, you know, because these guys want to play, this is going to significantly impact him, right? So that's why our, he's not, he's at 53%. We're not, uh, you know, I don't think the algorithms are going to list him at peak health until, he, until week 12 when he has not sustained another concussion. All right, well, we'll certainly keep an eye out on that for James Conner. We're getting down to it, the playoff push. People need to know who their players uh, and who will be able to perform at peak health. Go to Inside Injuries, and you will be able to find out even more about all of your fantasy players. Hey, have a good weekend, all right there, Doc? Uh, you know, good thing you're not down here, up here in the snow. Enjoy the uh, nice weather down south in Georgia, in Georgia all right? That's why we live in the South, I guess, right? <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, fair enough. Have a good weekend, brother man. I'll talk to you All soon. Right. Bye-bye. All right. When we come back on Roto Experts in the morning, Scott and I make our official picks for week 11, and we react to some of the things that Dr. A said. I got some questions, Scott, about how we manage some of these guys with injury. We'll get into that and more when we come back. It's Roto Experts in the Morning, where we put the fun in functional sports radio on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. He talked about A.J. Green, and he talked about how A.J. Green with this toe injury that he says that they shouldn't expect him back until like week 13 or 14, I think he said. Listen, Scott, week 14, that's the fantasy playoffs. So I want to ask you as an owner how you handle the A.J. Green. And to be quite honest, Scott, I think you handle it differently depending on your record right now. If you're 9-1, and one, if you're 8-2, and two, I think it's all good because you're ticketed for the playoffs in week 14 anyway, so you just let it ride. But Scott, if you're if you're five and five, you know, and you need to run off two in a row, if you need to, you know, run the table in order to get into the playoffs and you don't have AJ Green, then honestly, if you still can in your league, I'm trading them for 60 cents on the dollar because I need something now. Do you agree with that vis-a-vis AJ Green, depending on your record right now? Yeah, I, I could certainly see that, you know, maybe take a risk and trade uh 
AJ Green for Golden Tate, who you should buy low yeah. on right now. You know, I'm 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 okay with doing that. It's it's going to be hard to move him, but uh, you look at the teams at the top of your standings, and especially right. if they have wide receiver needs. Sure, right. you know. Other than that, if you can't move him, all you can do is leave him on your bench. Uh, and, you know, just be mm-hmm. hopeful that that he can make the playoffs. Uh, right sure, now, though, yeah, but... if you're if you're say like like uh, you know the like two and eight or three yeah, and seven or something like that, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's I, I don't right. think it's good for the integrity of the league if you trade right. him to a first place team. No, but it is in fact valid if you're say five and five and you trade him to a nine and one team. I can understand the nine and one team. Sure, I can understand the fringe contender making that move because they need the wins now and leveraging that piece. And if I'm a nine and one team, sure, I'll take AJ Green because in the chance that he's back and ready to go for me week fifteen, I'll take that stud wide receiver one. But I think guys, if you are there and you need to win in these three weeks, AJ Green will likely not be there for you, and so you need to leverage that into something that can earn you points for your playoff push because if you miss the playoffs, it don't matter if you got A.J. Green on your roster. The other thing I wanted to ask you, Scott, before we make our picks for Week 11, Dr. A sounds very concerned about Adam Thielen, Scott, and... It, it, it got on my radar the way he said it, you know, and he's talked about that. He's talked like that about Jay Ajayi. He's talked like that about Devontae Freeman. And lo and behold, bad things happen to those players. Now, Adam Thielen has been having an incredible season. I think it was like the nine straight games of 100 yards to start the season. You know, he was at one point literally wide receiver one in fantasy. If you combine this injury news with the fact that maybe he was just playing out of his mind and overperforming for the first half of the season, might it also be viable to uh, sell high on Adam Thielen? Uh, it, it, it might be viable if you, if you can take somebody who's willing to overlook the injury and get rid of him. I, I think you should do it. You know, if you, you could... If you can trade Adam Thielen for like, you know, another say top fourteen or so fantasy wide receiver, I think you have to. Would you trade Adam Thielen? Would you trade Adam Thielen for Robert Woods? Yes. You would take Robert Woods side. Right, yeah, because now, Brady right, Cook. exactly, because those are stud wide receivers who may tend to grow in opportunity for the rest of the season. Right? Would you trade right. Adam Thielen for Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen's starting to pick it up. I, right, that's I, what I I'm would saying. I'm thinking about an ascending. Right. I would strongly consider the thing is he doesn't get in the end zone a lot. I don't I think you. if somebody came to me and said Keenan Allen for, for Adam Thielen, but I don't think they do it, I'd probably search for somebody else. I just okay. I don't feel like like Keenan Allen like I feel like you do better a little bit better than say Keenan Allen okay. or Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just conceptually, though, Scott, right? I'm I'm concerned yeah. that Thielen is you're like, go a depreciating asset. Right. Yeah, you're, you're the one that's going to go searching. So you right, have to for be the partner, right. what your targets are. If, like, I can sure. get Juju Smith-Schuster, I'll do it. 
Sure, sure, sure. I'm just looking to try and find wide receivers who may have the arrow pointing up for the rest of the season because it sounds like now for multiple reasons, one, these injuries, and two, like the law of averages, it seems like Adam Thielen may, be on, may, may have had his best games of the year already. You know what I mean? Let me um, – one Here, more. Here's you another said thing Rams... about this, this Minnesota wide receiver situation. Stefan Diggs is going to be playing Diggs. this week, but he, but he, right. he gets banged up a lot. And yeah, he's got the ribs. He's always a risk. So. To, he's always been an injury risk. Kirk Cousins hasn't played well in recent weeks, and you know, with his top, two top guys getting injured, and it's mm. obvious there nobody else can step forward and take advantage of the opportunity. Not Laquan Treadwell. Not Kyle Rudolph. You know, this is going to start to stifle this Minnesota offense a little bit. You have to look at that from a Cousins perspective, and maybe a streaming defense perspective too. Right. Uh, however, the defense they're facing this week is probably not being streamed because they are already on rosters left oh, and yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I'm talking going forward after the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Game, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here, also, Brandon Murchison, who we were talking about ranks last yesterday, has Kirk Cousins all the way down as QB 14. Maybe it's a portion because of this, or maybe it's because of that matchup against Chicago. All right, Scotty, let's make some picks. Let's make some picks for Week 11. To recap, between you, me, and Mike Blewett, I am leading the way right now uh, with 16 wins on the season. Mike has 15 wins on the season. You are six games back with 10 wins on the season, but that is all right. I've already made a pick. Remember, one of my official picks was Thursday Night Football. And in fact, I did not win. I did not lose. I gave out Seattle minus three yesterday, and Seattle did in fact win by three. So I'm already 0-0-1 on, on this week, at least, Scott. Scott, you want to throw out your picks, or you want me to start with mine? Uh, I guess we can alternate and go one at a time. I'm going to start right, with Dal- Dallas and Atlanta. Going over 48 uh, you know, at home, you know that the uh, that the Falcons are going to ring it up. Even though Atlanta has a, uh, Dallas has a pretty good defense, but no defense is shut down, and the Dallas offense is starting to look more potent with uh, with the Amari Cooper acquisition uh, making a ripple effect in that offense. So I think it definitely goes over 48. Nice. Uh, Cowboys-Falcons and an interesting NFC game. Remember, listen, Washington is, you know, at this point, they have, what, like a two-game lead. They got an interesting game with uh, Houston coming to town. So Dallas and, and then Dallas and Philadelphia, they have tough games as well. I can see this NFC South, uh, excuse me, the NFC East getting tighter this week or Washington getting a big working margin as well. I like that call, da- uh, Dallas-Atlanta, over 48, especially because it is inside the dome uh right scotty yep that's it that's in atlanta right yes that's in atlanta today uh this week on sunday another pick i'm giving you give me the cincinnati Bengals plus three and a half i believe against these baltimore ravens scotty we've been talking about it we don't know who's playing quarterback for this team. And it sounds like, to me, it's going to be not Joe Flacco. And to your point, it's not like Joe Flacco has been performing amazing. He had a good first month of the season, I would say, and then fell back to earth. But I do believe there is still a gap between Flacco and, you know, 
I mean, whether it's RG3 or Lamar Jackson, I think uh, Baltimore is going to take a little bit of bumps and bruises. I also think you made the point, the idea that the Cincinnati defense may play a little bit inspired, as you say, um, you know, after the firing of the defensive coordinator. I like the fact that I'm also getting three and a half points. I'm getting more than a field goal. They are on the road, but in a division matchups, you know, it could be a close game. I like the three and a half points. Give me Cincinnati plus three and a half against Baltimore. Okay, I'm going to move on to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Eagles really, really need this game. I think they're going to come in here and really put up a fight, so I'm taking them plus 10. It's up to 10, huh? Wow, yeah. that is crazy. I saw this one started at this one started at 7 this week. It moved up to 8. I'm now looking at it again. Uh, yeah, over on FanDuel... Over on FanDuel, however, it is eight still. Uh, but you see it at plus ten over at uh, my bookie. Yes. All right. So maybe we'll split the difference and give you nine. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, fair enough. Next one, uh, you know, I gave you Seattle minus three and a half against Green Bay. I gave you Cincinnati. I gotta get. Here's the thing, Scotty. Honestly. I'm struggling because what I was going to do, you have really just convinced me that maybe I should stay away from. My original thing, I was going to go Minnesota-Chicago, that game. I was going to go over the 45. But I think you raise great points about this Minnesota offense and facing this Chicago defense. I think you raise great points. I was thinking that like this passing attack was still solid. I was also thinking that the Chicago Bears offense has really been improving over time. We've spent all week talking about Mitchell Trubisky so I thought that this Vikings uh, Bears game was going to go over 45 but I am now concerned about that I think you make good points I'm thinking about switching over to your game the Dallas Atlanta so do me a favor give me your third pick and then I'll confirm which one of these I'm going with yeah I'm going to go Arizona uh, laying the five against the Raiders at home Uh, the, the, the offense is starting to improve a little bit the defense they sacked Pat Mahomes last last week five times and uh, one of the top streams of the week. My number one ranked defense, my lineup mm-hmm. ranks on rotoexperts.com, held, uh, held Patrick Mahomes to 249 passing yards. So Arizona is my third pick. Arizona minus five against the Oakland yes. Raiders. I like that a lot, Scotty. I, uh, on Freestyle last night, I gave out a DFS lineup. The Arizona Cardinals were my, fantasy, my DFS defense this week. I really like that. I think, yes, the Cardinals have, are trying to maybe rediscover David Johnson. Byron Leftwich may be, uh, you know, maybe a good for them. And to that point, Scott, my survivor pick this week, and to be honest, we're in week 11, right? So it's a little tough at this point in time, right, to find people you haven't picked. But I defy you um, to say that you've already picked this team. I'm taking those Arizona Cardinals, Scott. They're my survivor pick. As you know, I'm fading the Oakland Raiders. And uh, I think the Arizona offense has the arrow pointing up to your point. So give me the Arizona Cardinals as my survivor pick this week. Who do you have as knock in as a knockout play? Uh, I'm going with the Cardinals as well, too, for all the reasons nice. I just disclosed. All right, fair enough. So we agree on that. You know what I'm going to do, Scotty? I'm going to stick to my gut. I'm going to take the Minnesota-Chicago over. Do you think I'm crazy based on what you were saying with this Minnesota offense? Or do you still think we could still wind up with, like, you know, a 27-20 kind of game? Uh, I lean more towards the under. 
Yeah. Minnesota's defense played a little bit better recently, too. Yep, I hear you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that other side. Just I'm going to stick to my guns here and stick to my gut uh, on that one. I want to tell people, Scotty, check this out. The holidays are coming up, right? You know, we got the holidays coming up. Thanksgiving is next uh, Thursday. A programming note, uh, you'll be hearing us Monday through Wednesday. The network may uh, change their programming around a little bit on Thanksgiving morning, but there are three games, obviously, to break down. So we'll have content for you breaking down the Thanksgiving days. We are, however, off for sure next Friday uh, so that we can enjoy some uh, time with, you know, friends and family and kick off the holiday season. But for Thanksgiving as well, check this out. Don't be a turkey. Head on over to Daily Roto, okay, and check this out. DailyRoto.com is free this Thanksgiving. That's right, free advice from Fantasy Millionaires. I just found this out. Go enter the promo code. Check this out. TG18 to access your free five-day trial. Don't be a turkey. Get it for free. That's DailyRoto.com. Enter the promo code TG18 for Thanksgiving. That's a nice little deal, Scotty, right? Oh, yeah, certainly. Can't can't beat that. For the holidays? get, Get exposure to what everybody's talking about. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Scotty. So I'm going to stick with the uh, Minnesota-Chicago over. I'm going to go Cincy plus three and a half. I already gave the Seattle out, and I pushed. You're going Dallas-Atlanta over 48. Philly plus nine at New Orleans. Arizona minus five against Oakland. Scotty, I want to draw your attention as we close out today. Um, I put up a poll on fantasy freestyle last night and we talked about it remember i think we talked about it a little bit yesterday my poll was how many punts do we expect in monday night football the options i wound up settling on were zero points one to two uh punts three to four punts and then five or more punts how do you think it broke out what do you think the fans uh voted five or uh probably one i would say the one point you think was the winner yeah Nope. Uh, three to four punts. People think three to four punts will happen in this game. 44% of people said that. 9% of people said five or more. So, Scotty, the majority of people here, 53% of the people who voted, think that there will be at least three punts on Monday Night Football. What do you think? If I had to nail you down to a specific number, what would you say? I think you're going to say three. Or four, yeah, maybe. I am. Yes. yes. Yeah, three. Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe two. Maybe three, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one, Scotty. I gotta tell you, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more, of course, on Monday as we recap week eleven. But real quick, Scotty, it is still at sixty three and a half. You taking the over? I'm taking the over, yeah. Be daring about Which it. Which would you rather do, Scott? Tease the over down to like fifty six and a half. You could tease it seven points either way. Let's say, would you tease it down to fifty six and take over fifty six, or tease it up to seventy and then take the under? Which do you think would be yeah, better I would, direction I would to tease move it, it down? I think seventy is right. a little much. Yeah, it, it is a little much, but it could happen, right? But if you move it down could to fifty six, then you feel like like that's a better move, right? Yes. All right, absolutely fair. Uh, what do we got going on, Scotty? You know, I, I mentioned in the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season package, we're getting a little half-price discount for your playoff push. What kind of things, you know, because maybe some managers who are 6-4 and four right now are like, maybe I should do this, maybe I should invest, but it's only a couple of weeks. Like, why should people get that package even now for their playoff push? What's going on in the uh, Exclusive Edge package right now? 
Yeah, you'll get my ranks. You'll get Frank Stample's ranks. You get Brandon Merchant's ranks. Uh, you get touches and targets breakdowns. You get advanced uh, scouting from myself. Uh, George Kurtz breaks down the matchups for every single team, so there's a lot of great content in there. Absolutely. We also tip our cap, obviously, to Boston Red Sox outfielder Mookie Betts and Milwaukee Brewers outfielder Christian Yelich. They win the MVP awards in respective leagues. You think they got it right, Scotty? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yelich for sure. Yeah. And Betts in the AL. Yeah, you know they were the best team. So right. uh, yeah, he was their most. Fun. Oh, they could give something. Make a case for JD Martinez. Right. Now I hear that. I guess they made the case that he was like just a DH, you know, that sort of thing. I'm very intrigued to see who is playing quarterback in Baltimore. It could be the Lamar Jackson era kicking off, or we could see Bob Griffin. We'll find out, and we'll talk about it on Monday, Scotty. Have a great weekend. Stay dry out there. It's crazy, this weather. Uh, Have a great weekend, Scotty. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.